0: You know what oh. In this week's
1: <laughs>
0: Parsha. is, <Partha>. oh, yeah. <laughs> is Vaishrach. It says, Va Thomas Rachel. And Rachel passed away. She was misderek. Va Tikova she, she was buried on the road. Baderach Afrosa. He bears Lechem. Mm-hmm. Va Yotzef Yaakov matzeva, And Yaakov set up a Maiteva. Yaakov made a, a tombstone. Alk Rosa on her grave this is the tombstone this is the matzeva of Rachel until today this is in Beislecham the tomb of Rachel. so here in this week's partial, we have one of the main sources for the putting a stone a matzeva a tomb a tombstone on somebody's grave so, it is appropriate, I think, this, it, this week, to talk about this topic. Truth be told, <coughs> there are three names for Matzeva in the, in the um, words of Chazal. According to the Torah, the Torah calls the tombstone Matzeva. Uh, in Tanakh, in Yechesco, and in Melochim, we find that it's called a Tzion. Matzeva is called a Tzion and in the Mishnah in in Mishnah is Shkolin and Aholos it is called a Nefesh it is called a Nefesh the word Matzeva means the word Matzeva means a protrusion a recognizable protrusion that sticks out from the ground that's a Matzeva the word Tzion means a marker and the word nefesh means the soul. So Chazal call, the, the rabbis call, the tombstone, these three names, a protrusion that sticks out, a, <coughs> a marker, and also the soul. So the Gesher HaChayim explains the reason for these three names. He says that the reason why it's called a Matzeva, the reason why it's called a Matzeva protrusion that sticks out from the ground is because the, one has to set up a place that the family knows to come and to daven in that place. To come and to pray for the deceased or to pray for the living in the merit of the deceased. There has to be the, 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 the nifter, the one that has passed away, the one that is buried there is honored in this way. It's, it's, it's an honor to have, it's, it's, it's a measure of honor to provide this Mateva. That's why it's called a Matzeva. Why is it called a atzion? The reason why it's called a marker, a tzion, is because Rashi tells us, and we'll see this, uh, these ideas more at length, that's what we're going to discuss. Rashi tells us in Tracted Boykatan on page 5a, Rashi says that it's a marker because Kahanim are not allowed to be exposed. Those people that eat truma, the special gifts of the Kohen, are not allowed to be exposed to spiritual impurity. And if they walk over a, uh, a body that has been buried in the ground, then that exposure disqualifies them from eating truma, and therefore, one has to make a marker in order that they should know where the impurity is so that they can avoid walking there. So therefore, the, the, the tombstone is also called a marker, a marker to let everybody know that there's, 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 this is a burial site. Okay. The reason why it's called a nefesh, is perhaps maybe the uh, I don't know if the most interesting probably is the most interesting uh, reason why it's called the Matel is called the soul, and that is the uh, the book of the Pnei Borach. The Sefer Pnei Borach quotes a Tommy Minogim, which quotes the Arizal, who says that the reason for it is as follows: the our souls, the anatomy of our souls is as follows. We have three parts to our souls. There are three parts. There's actually there's an anatomy. To the, to the soul of every individual. The, the anatomy is called, those three parts are called, Nefesh, Nishama, and Ruach. Says the Arizal. The Arizal says that the Nishama is the part, now, what happens is, is the death in, 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 in the eyes of Judaism and in Halacha is defined as, tersely put, the separation of the body and the soul. When we die, what happens is, is that our, our soul leaves our body? That's what happens. The life that, uh, that, that we have is due to the fact, to the many parts of our soul. And when the soul disappears, then the body is literally lifeless without the soul. So the process of death is basically the separation, the extrication of the soul from the body. So what happens is, is, is that in the process of that separation, the different parts of the anatomy of the soul take on different roles. So the Nishama, for example, the Nishama, for example, goes to the Shamaya. The Nishama goes to heaven and enjoys, so to speak, the, 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 uh, the, um, the shining, or the pleasure of the Shina, of the divine presence. In other words, the Nishama itself, that part of our soul, is what goes up to Hashem. It is what experiences the closeness to God that is intended for us, is that it is explained at length in the book of the Derech Hashem, as we've mentioned many times by uh, the Ramchal and Moshe Chaim Right, that's the neshama. The neshama is the is, is, is what goes up to the uh, to the Okay, then there is the ruach. In the words of the Arizal, the ruach, the which literally means the, uh, the, the spirit. I guess the spirit the, the, the spirit part. Of our of our soul, the ruach gets quote unquote, and I don't know what this means, but maybe somebody can explain it to me. One of can explain it to me. Perhaps the ruach is is the is the part is the part that gets dressed in our Torah and mitzvos. It it is the part that takes on the identity of our accomplishments. It is the part that that uh, uh, gets clothed in the Torah that we studied and in the mitzvos that we have done. Where that happens, how that happens, I don't know. But that is the part that experiences that accomplishment in some way, shape, or form. That's what the other says. Or no form. Or, or, or
2: no form. Or form. Or form. Or whatever, whatever.
0: Right. Mm. Whatever. Right. The last part is called the nefesh. The last part of the scroll is the nefesh, and that is also Chazal decided to call a tombstone table, they also decided to call it with that name, they decided to call it a nephesh. Because what happens is, is in the process of the separation of the body from the soul, as, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a step process. In other words, the step process may be reflected, according to the Zohar Kodesh, in the morning period. Seven days, 30 days, 12 months, right? That all has to do with the process of separation. In that process of separation, what happens is is the nephesh, the part of our soul that is called the nefesh, moves itself in the process of separation to the, from the body to the tombstone. That's where it sojourns. That's where it is. It, the, the, uh, the Arizal says, or the, uh, the Zoro says, or whatever the Kabbalistic works say, that the tombstone functions as a perch for a landing, for the sojourning of the nefesh. The nefesh actually sits on the tombstone. It needs, for some reason, the tombstone to be its pad, to stand upon, or to to, to sit upon, or to be upon. So the reason why we erect the tombstone is to provide that, uh, that part of the soul of the deceased to be there on the tombstone. That's why it's there. And therefore, Chazal, in the Mishnah, call it nefesh, because the tombstone functions as a support and the, the the stand for the nefesh itself. Okay? So, is that me? I guess the ramification of that is, is is that is that the deceased always has a connection to their body, spiritually speaking, because the part of their soul that's called the nefesh is always connected, always hovers above, always hovers above the uh always hovers above the um, the, the, the uh, above the grave specifically sitting on this maseva that's where it is so whenever we go to the uh, whenever we go to the cemetery right whenever we go to the Beis HaKvarot whenever we go there and we go to a particular we visit a particular grave there is an sp- actual uh, part of the deceased that is there by, 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 um, by, by the grave that is connected from the spiritual realm to its physical or its previous physical self okay mm-hmm. so that's that's the uh, that's <coughs> the, 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 the the third name for example the Torah tells us uh, by uh, uh, when Moshe passed away I think in Pasha probably passed away then right because that's when the Torah ends he passed the poses of Bracha. So the Torah tells us there that when he was buried the Lord Yada Ish askfulosso and no man knew where he was buried. So Rabbi Meir Simcha in the Mesakhakh says that the reference to the no man knew where he was buried is referring to Moshe himself. Because the Torah calls Moshe an Ish and he was a, he was a, he was an ish anav. he was a, he was, a, he, was a, he was a modest man. When the Torah says that that no ish, no man, knew where he was buried, Moshe did not know where he was buried. So the, uh, the Meshech says, the Meshech on the Torah says that usually what happens is, is that every single person that passes away has a connection to their body even when they're in the, in the Shemaiah, even when they're up there, they're still, whatever, figuratively speaking, right, even when they're in the Shemaiah. they still have a connection to their body and everybody knows where they're buried, right, because presumably, I don't know if he uses these words, the nefesh is still there, the nephesh the, the, the is there, Moshe was so unconnected to his body because he was so spiritual, because he was so beyond, uh, beyond uh, any attachment to physicality at all, he himself did not know where he was buried, because he himself did not have a connection to his grave. No man knew where, where Moshe was buried. Nobody knew. Moshe himself did not. Moshe himself did not know where he was buried because he had no connection to the burial place. But the usual is, is that reason that, that 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 us who are not Moshe have this connection. These are the three names. These are the three aspects that uh, these are the three aspects that we're going to discuss this evening. So I, I think we'll start with the uh, with, with the most interesting one, right? So again, there is three aspects of of um, of uh, Zion. Mateva and Nefesh. Those are, the three, um, those are the three names of Mateva and also they reflect the three aspects of requirement to put a Mateva on, on the grave. So we're going to start we're not going to start with the source but we're going to start with the Kabbalistic part of it. Okay. So the first question is is that when, when does one when does one set up a Mateva? When is the proper time to put up a, a, uh, a mateva? To put up a stone on the grave? So, what would you say, Moshe uh, Hashimshim? When is the proper time? Is uh, it the permanent stone or
1: temporary? To, oh, is it temporary? I don't know. So it
0: take time for. Oh, you mean the one that's not engraved? Yeah. Just the temporary? No, I mean the permanent one. When would you say is the permanent time to put it up? When is the, when is the custom? So, yeah, the. I what?
1: Or HaShem. Or
0: HaShem. We should never, we should, none, of, none of us should have any more experience of that. If we did. Oh, so so what? Is it after the shloshim. After the Really after the 30 day period. After the 30 day period. Okay.
1: sometimes after a year. Sometimes after a year. if it's young, then put the. If it's young, then and then they put lotion. okay right
0: after shiva right after yeah. shiva. okay so we got we covered all bases we covered all bases the ideal the ideal custom the ideal custom is to put it up after shiva to put it up right after the shiva that's the ideal I, I, I don't I don't think we do this I'm not sure if we do this we put it up after 12 months yeah. but the ideal according to the according to the commentators the ideal is to put it up Right after the Shiva. Okay. The reason for that is, is the, the, uh, the, uh, the Gesher HaKhaim says in the name of someone else. The Gesher HaKhaim says, and this has to do with our understanding why the Matzev is called the Nefesh. The idea, reason why this is, is because the, uh, the reason, he says, quote, this, um, this, this, this book, Shar uh, HaMitzvot, this book Shara mitzvah says like this the reason why we put a T on the reason why we put this uh, the tombstone is because it is a stage um, or a platform for to, to shine upon it the illuminations that surround the nefesh and that, uh, that, that surrounding of that illumination does not finish until after the seven days of mourning unquote so the the uh, the completion apparently the completion of the 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 uh, the place to be a proper platform for the nephesh comes after shiva, and that could be understood in terms of the separation I guess probably of the soul from the of, of the soul from the body it does not completely happen or does not completely um, conclude itself until after until after seven days. So the most proper time is to do it after seven days. However, we, I think we do it after 12 months. I think we do it after 12 months. What? We do it after 11 months? Here it doesn't mention 11 months. Here it says 12 months. After 12 months, after one year, the reason that is given for this is because, and this is very interesting also, the reason that is given for this is because um, it is natural for a person to forget um, the deceased after 12 months mm-hmm. it is natural to forget I'm sure there's levels of forgetting but it is natural to forget to have it less be part of your consciousness be part of our consciousness right uh, after, after 12 months therefore we set up a stone to not forget to uh, remind us to, uh, to, 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 to put it into our memory to put the stone there so okay fine that's the yeah. reason they do it after 12 months
1: it's probably tied to standing for 11 months with no right, to true. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. So, yeah, that's the proper What's that's the, do it? the proper right. thing. What's been right, doing for seven, 11 months? That's yeah. the proper thing, right. Well, so what
2: know. it's been doing is it's been it's been supposedly being purified in, I don't want to say where. Well, 11 months? Yeah, I but, but okay, I don't know if that's part
0: of it. I don't know if that's part of it. Part of oh, okay. All right, all right. I don't
2: I
1: don't
2: <laughs> But they say the reason that you don't do a 12 months, is because that would mean that the person That's for the
0: cottage. Buy- that's for the cottage. That nothing to do with the mate That uh, have to do with the, mat- okay, the so
1: this is probably from Williamsburg.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, this is for the cottage. This is, is after...
1: Williamsburg
2: crazy
0: thing. yeah. So th- th- that's that what it if means.
2: you wait a whole year, that means that you are saying that this person needed a whole year of purifying. So you wait only 11 months because that indicates that he, he didn't need a whole <laughs> year <laughs> of <laughs> <purifying>? <laughs> Right. We okay, so okay, yeah. have...
1: Uh, uh-huh. it's
0: uh-huh. something uh-huh. right something like that ok whatever it is So basically right, we do whatever our custom is but these are the reasons, these are the reasons for it uh, uh, approved to the seven days is in, in Jewish law at least is that the, the tor, the son of the rush writes in 375 he writes that the person who is the head of the house is allowed to leave in the middle of shiva and leave in the middle of the seven days of mourning in order to, set, in order to t- arrange the setting up of the matzeva. So the Minchah uh, Salazar the, the and other commentaries ask, well, uh, if we're going to wait twelve months, why are we allowing him to go, why are we allowing the person to interrupt their, their mourning period in the middle of the seven days to go and set up the matzeva, right? So they, they bring a proof from that, from that halacha, that it must be that, that the, 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 the ideal time is to set it up after seven days, and therefore we give a special leniency that the, the Godel Habayas, or the older person in the house is allowed to go and set it up. So, whatever, that's the discussion. Basically, it's either, right, the minigin Yerushalayim was, I think, the Minigan Yerushalayim was, is that they set it up uh, in the first seven days, and then, they, and then after thirty days, they they inscribed it okay whatever it is did
1: you hear,
2: did you see any of these sources uh, that the nephesh uh actually could be hovering in the same house where it where it lived or
0: where it Yeah, died? we discussed this. We discussed this. Right? We said that part of the process of separation is but is so that the soul, soul, soul that the soul comes back to uh to its house comes ah. back to the, to the you know, it, it's around until ah. it completes the separation which then it hangs out around the grave. That's that's what we uh ah. We yeah we discussed that's that before yeah yeah it's 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 a process of separation and this is part of it okay so this is the reason why we set up a matzeva okay the next reason that we're going to that we're going to discuss and that is the that is really the, the that is really the main reason and that, in that other words the question is really is is there, a, is there a halacha is there a, a law a Torah law that one has to put up a matzeva or is it just a, a nice thing to do or do, you do that as a is a kabbalistic uh, thing okay that's the, that's the question. So, <coughs> we said that the Matseva is called also a tzion, it is called a marker, it is called a marker. So why is it a marker? So we said, because Rashi says that, they, that in order that the Kahanim should know, that uh, the Kahanim should know where, where the person is buried so that they don't walk into the wrong place and become spiritually impure, because they're not allowed to become spiritually impure, as the Torah tells us in Pasha Samoa.
1: Correct? Isn't Shalayan called
0: Zion? What? Isn't called yeah, yeah. It means a marker, it has many meanings. But here it means that it's a marker for it means that it's a marker for the tumor, it's a marker for the spiritual impurity.
1: Tsadi
0: Yud Vovnun. nun but Yeah, but the Vab is the 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 point is above the or in
1: the
0: I don't know, on the side.
1: I think it's
0: on the side, so On the side, Tiyun, yeah. 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 Oh, that's Tiyun. Yeah. Fine. Well, it's the same, it's probably the same It's the same Okay. Fine. I so, I so, so, so the, the, um... I can't... I, I thought the
1: Kohanim cr- are not allowed to go into the cemetery at all. So why does it have to be... Maybe I'm
2: misunderstanding, but why does it have to be just a
1: specific place? They're not allowed to go
0: to the kahanim are allowed to go into the cemetery. There's no problem with them going to the cemetery. The problem of them going to the cemetery yeah. is that they that they, can happen, they can happen well, they can uh, happenstance
1: upon
0: uh, a body. So 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 what happens? Is, what? Uh,
2: Why else would they go? Why, Why would they go? But aren't they all marked? What? Aren't all the bodies marked?
0: Sometimes.
1: Yeah, it's totally sometimes they are. There are parts of the cemeteries. There are parts
0: of cemeteries where Kahanim can go where everybody knows for sure there's nobody's buried. Well, why? It's not called the
1: cemetery. Well, I don't know. I mean, whatever. What's the cemetery
0: mean? Cemetery just means that there's a place where the where the bodies are buried. You
1: going back? What? Right. Only he for his mother.
0: Right. Okay, so, so that, that's what I'm saying. The reason why, when we're talking when we talking about a kosher cemetery, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about that there has to be uh, uh, a recognizable where everybody's buried, so that the kahanim don't on purpose. Because what happens is like this: is that, uh, is that if if a person finds themselves in the same area under the same roof as a Dead body as a as a as a carcass of deceased, they become spiritually impure. Once they become spiritually impure, they become disqualified from from eating chum amongst other things. That is prohibited for a kohen. Therefore, if a person walks over a dead body, that's like they're creating a canopy over the dead body with their own with their own selves, and so therefore they become exposed to the spiritual. Uh, impurity, and once they become exposed to spiritual impurity, they are transgressing what the Torah requires of them. Therefore, they cannot be in a cemetery unless they do such a thing. Mm-hmm. Therefore, there's a mitzvah, Rashi says, to make sure that the graves are marked. And the way that we mark the graves, which it doesn't necessarily have to be, right, let's just, we'll, we'll just go through the sources for the, sake of, uh, for the sake of learning, and then we'll discuss exactly, you know, what the requirement is. So, the Talmud says, the Talmud says, in Tractate Mo'e Katan. The Talmud says on page five a. Tracted more. Cut, the Torah says Reb Shimon Ben Pazi said, Sion kvaros minatora minayin. How do you know from the Torah that that you can make that you can make a uh, that you can make a marker for a grave? That's what the Talmud asks. So the Talmud says, "You know how you know this because there is a pasuk in Yocheskel. There's a pasuk in, in Ezekiel." Thirty-nine that talks about the future prophecy, what's going to be, and it says as follows, it says, they will see, in the future, they will see bones of people, and they will build next to them, they will build next to them, a tion, they will build next to them a marker, so, <coughs> the Talmud asks, "Yecheskel is the proof, that you're bringing for me, that doesn't, that's not a Torah source, before Yecheskel said it, asks the Talmud, how did you, before Yehoshesko said it, how did you know it? Right? Did Yehoshesko make it up? So the Talmud answers no. It was really a tradition. It was really a tradition. It, meaning that it was a path pass, passed down from Estor Shabbat, as the oral law from Sinai. However, Yehoshesko went and he reminded everybody and therefore he wrote it in the apostle. But Yehoshesko is not the one who made it up. So therefore, therefore says Tosfos, says Tosfos here that, that it is a halacha Moshe Sinai. Tosfos says that this, uh, the fact that you have to put, that one has to put up a a, gra- a, a a tombstone on a grave is a halacha that was taught to Moshe from Sinai, which has no source in a uh, halacha which was taught to Moshe from Sinai, which has a, that has a status of a Torah obligation. And the reason for this Torah obligation is in order to let the Kahanim know that, uh, or whoever cannot become spiritually impure, to let them know that somebody is buried here the Ram, by the way parenthetically speaking the Rambam in his introduction to the Talmud introduction to the mission explains that Halacha Moshe Sinai is a law that was passed down straight from, uh, from Moshe from Sinai that is not derived from the Torah not, not through the system of derivation of the exegesis or the, uh, the way to extrapolate things from the Torah but it was handed down as a Halacha that was told to Moshe that has no dispute so therefore this um, obligation this 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 uh, requirement has a status, according to this tosos, as a Torah law. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's what tosos says. Fine. So, would it be one of the
2: 613 then?
0: So, yeah, so it's not 161. It it doesn't seem to be... We're going to discuss it a little bit. It doesn't seem to be listed as one of the 613. Mm But still, the Torah requires it. The Torah says, I don't know, you know, is it, is it a, it's not a full-fledged mitzvah, but it's a halakha Moshe Misinai. It's a law that was passed down. And it makes sense. It's logical, right? Part of the things of being careful with Tumah, part of, part of being careful with Tumah is, oh. right, is uh, setting up uh, systems in which you're not going to encounter that Tumah, and that is making markers. Right. Fine. Is it,
1: wouldn't it be just under some uh, thumb
0: Fine, yeah, one of the sources here in the Talmud actually is it's not is not, not to put a stumbling block, but here we have a separate, separate directive. Yeah, we have a separate directive. It seems to be here all the commentaries go a little bit, uh, they're a little bit um,
1: uh, bothered
0: by, because the Talmud seems to indicate in tractate needs on page 57a that, uh, that, that it is rabbinical in nature. The uh, Tosros the, uh, in Baba uh, Basra, on page one hundred and forty-seven, a says that the Talmud tells us in the aforementioned, uh, aforementioned tractate that it is the Rabbanan, that it is rabbinical in nature, requirement for the following reason. There, the Gemara talks about the Talmud talks about kusim. Kusim are, for our purposes, ones who don't believe in the in the uh, in the oral. They don't believe in the oral law. They only believe in the written law. So, so the Talmud says. So the Talmud says that we believe them. We believe the Kusin to set up the. Uh, we believe the kusim to set up markers for the uh, for for the graves for the kahanim. We believe them, right? We trust them. They're trustworthy, even though they don't believe they don't believe in the. Uh, in, 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 even though they don't believe in the in the oral law, we still trust them to set it up. And as we could send we could send them a, a, a bunch of kusim to set up a cemetery, right? And then the kahanim can freely roam there, following the markers, and we can trust them that they didn't miss any, any anything, right? So the uh, so <coughs> the Talmud says, and even though setting up is a is of rabbinical in nature, even though that's the case, right? So why should we believe them? It's rabbinical in nature. They don't believe in the rabbis. They don't believe in the oral law. Why should we believe them? That's not something that they're going to be careful about. They don't consider that to be important, right? So the Talmud says, right, So the Talmud says, since it's in an explicit verse in Yeheskel, the aforementioned verse in Yeheskel that we mentioned, therefore they're going to be careful about something which it says in Tanakh and therefore we believe them because even though it's not a third requirement, but since Yechezko wrote rules, then we're going to believe them. So here the Talmud seems to indicate directly that it's a rabbinical in nature, right, because based upon the fact that it's a rabbinical in nature, the Talmud wants to ask that we're not going to believe them. okay. So Tosos and Baba Basra brings a proof, uh, the, the aforementioned Tosos and Baba Basra brings a proof from here that setting up a, 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 a marker for a grave is, is a rabbinical in nature. So I found last night after I came back from uh, wherever I was, um, it was a long trip after I came back so I found last night that Rabbi Yaakov Yukov Etlinger in his, uh, in his book, the oracle on there, in his commentary on the Nida says that, that he doesn't understand Tosus at all there the Talmud is saying like this even though they think it's rabbinical it's not really rabbinical, it's Torah but they think it's rabbinical because they don't say it explicitly in the Torah like we said they think it's rabbinical, but the Talmud is not saying that it is rabbinical. The Kursians think it's rabbinical, therefore they might not follow it. So the Talmud answers, no, they will follow it, because, because in the end, right, in the end, they're, they're, they're going to follow it, because in the end, it says it in Yechasko. But it's that they think, not the Talmud is saying it's rabbinical in nature. So therefore, Rabbi Yaakov Yukov wants to say that it's a Torah obligation to, to set up a, a Matzeva on, on, on the grave. Okay, so now, having said, having said this, you hear? More conventional. Yeah. Having said this, <laughs> right? Then you, you you with me? Okay. Having said this <coughs> having said this, if that's true, if the Torah requires that the Kohen should know where the body is buried, so you don't have to put up a stone. You could just put up uh, a limestone, you could spray paint it. You can make it this as long as you make it visible, it's okay. Right? Whatever you do, throw a bunch of stones there. Why? Uh, keep out. What? Oh, come uh, and keep out. Whatever you want. No, it, the Torah is not saying that you have to put up a tombstone with nice, you know, whatever uh, design with mug uh, and all over it or whatever, and hands. You, know, you, right? you don't have to do any of that. For, as far as the Torah is concer- concerned, all you have to do is just make sure that it's recognizable that, the, uh, right? So therefore, it will come as a. As, uh, 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 do you mind if I call you uh, Manuel or no, I like it. I like it. Okay, fine. So as many of Rabban says, said, right? That if we if we find the uh, if we find that the grave is in between other graves, as the Yeshua Achaim points out, right? So then you don't have to put anything because if it's a, if it's if it's if, if if you if somebody's buried in the middle of a gravesite with graves all around that are marked, the coin is not going there, right? It's clear that there people are buried here that are not alive. So so so. So that's enough of a sign. The Torah is not going to require, the Torah is not going to require that they should be, uh, 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 that you have to put up a, a tombstone. So therefore, the requirement of the tombstone only exists if it, if, if you are not going to know, like somewhere in the middle of Poland, whatever, and you know you, you don't know anything and you don't see anything and nobody around and there's no cemetery and everything's been destroyed and you know that somebody's buried in a particular spot, you have to put a tombstone there in case there's a client that might come what by about the other on reason? a tour, what? What? what about
2: the other reason we were talking about? That's that's not taken care
0: of. Oh, so we're talking about from this reason. We're going to go to the other reason, but from this reason, from this reason, as I am saying, right? Let's say I say I don't want to put up a tombstone for for this reason only. I don't want to put up a I don't I'll pay for it. It costs a lot of money. I, I'm not interested in giving up on also to, to, to Ray or whatever. Right? Uh, he doesn't
1: make it. Oh, he doesn't make it. Okay, fine. Whoever it is. Whoever it is, the I man. I,
0: so, what? He just gets the card. He just gets a the card. So the cut. The cut,
1: the Oh, he gets the card. No pun intended. No, I know that.
0: So, 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 the. No, I meant the tombstone no. has to be cut out. Right? right. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. What were you saying? Yeah. No, so somebody
2: doesn't want to put it up for this reason. They don't. They oh, so somebody doesn't want
0: to put up the tombstone for the reason that the you know that the, the coin is not going to know as long as it is recognizable itself that there are people who are buried here all over the place. Theref- there, that would be enough. The Torah would not require it, but outside of that, the Torah would require it. So from that standpoint, there's a re- there's a requirement. The Torah requires that there should be some kind of marker that's made, and therefore a standard matzeva is called in the in the in the in the words of the. Um, a standard Matzeva is called in the words of the, um, of, the uh, of, of the Tanakh of the Nakh of Malachim and Yecheskel, as a Tzion. It's called a Tzion. So we covered the Tzion and we covered the, the napesh and now we're up to the Matzeva. Okay? We're up to the Matzeva. The Matzeva means that the, it, it, it protrudes and stands so that people can come and daven there for the deceased and for maybe somebody is alive in the in the merit of the deceased. Okay? So, strangely enough, strangely enough, the, if you open up the code of law and you search through it, assuming that you know where you're looking, it's only one volume in the code of law where to look, right? You're, you're not going to find that the code of law says, that the Shulchan Aruch says that one has to put up a tombstone. Nowhere does it mention in the actual code of law itself that, that one has to put up a um, that one has to put up a tombstone. So, so okay, I mean, it's, it, it doesn't seem like it's Allah. However, the Rambam, the Rambam uh, mentions it. He says that you do have to put up a tombstone. And he says like this. He says, he goes in, in Chapter 4 of the Laws of the Mourner. Chapter 4, he goes through all the things that one has to do for the deceased, from the time that they, he starts the chapter with the custom, the mini-Gisrael, of the of the deceased of Bikwura and burial kahu. This is the way it goes, and he goes through the whole process from beginning to the end. And so in Halakha dalit, he says, and you dig in the ground, uh, caves, uh, right, the, and, and you bury the person there, and his face should be the, their face should be facing up, and <clears throat> we put we put the uh, we put the uh, the the dust and the stones on top. Uh, and the person should be buried, you know, says the Rambam, in, in an aron should be buried in a, in a casket of, of wood, right? And those that accompany him sh- should say, Lech Bisholom, go, go with peace as it says, Va'ata you will go to your forefathers in peace, specifically with the Bays, bisholom, not lisholom, right? And we mark off the grave, we mark off the grave so that the kahanim know where it is, and, says the Rambam, uboinen nefesh ala kever. And we build a nefesh, we build a stone, on, we build a stone on the kever, we build the stone on the plot, on the, on, on, on the grave itself. That is the Rambam. So the Rambam is a clear source that says that one should do this as part of the... Uh, as part of the but burial He calls it
2: a minhag at the beginning. What? At the very beginning on the other page, you said he calls it a minhag.
0: Right. It's true. He calls it a minhag. It's a good point. I was thinking that also. That's a very good point, Bela. What can I say? I don't know. Okay. So you're right. It's not a haloka. <laughs> so well, says well, it's a custom.
2: that in certain places where they did it, that became the minhag. Is that possible? Mm-hmm. Maybe. No. He
0: says minhag Yisrael. When the Ram says minhag Yisrael, that means all Jews it. do this. Oh, oh. All Jews do this. So he says it as a custom. You're right. But so many things are not a custom. Like you know, burying the person actually, that's not a custom. Right.
1: How are you burying? You know. What? Well, how, are you
0: uh, how you bury? How you burying? Right. How are you bury? Maybe some of the things of may the be a custom. Are, yeah. so, so we don't know. Yeah, but the realm says, <coughs> still, he lists it as a requirement. So he's saying the reason why the court of law is not listed it is because it's a custom. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, some of the customs, the Shulchanan the, the also lists. Some of the customs too. Okay. So, uh, I heard... Um, a Rabbi friend who spoke about this topic and he quoted Ramosha Feinstein in an article on Amatora who uh, explains why is it that the uh, why is it that the Rambam says it and the Aruch does not say it? And he explains it as follows. What? What then? He says as follows. He says that there's a Mishnah, right? There's a Mishnah in the second chapter of Mesekta Shkolim. The Mishnah says what happens if you collect the Mishnah discusses what happens if one has collected tzedakah? If one has collected tzedakah for, for, for a poor person or for a person who's deceased, and there was leftover money. Now, that's not going to happen uh, here in Phoenix or anywhere else. Right? <laughs> but it happens. Ha- <laughs> what happens if that happens? Leftover? There's leftover. <laughs> There's extra money left over. What do you do with it?
1: <laughs> Give it to Bush for the uh, deficit. What <laughs> you give what to the right.
0: You give what to the government? Right. You pay the taxes to the
1: government. Okay. Um, I no, not tax
2: Yeah. Have a if it's not relevant, don't answer it. Okay. Um, what happens if a colony walks on? a... a like they they don't realize it, They they just become impure in that. Uh, yeah, so they I'm have pure. to, yeah, if a coin becomes. She's saying if they don't know, they step up. Or if
1: they don't because know, they, they don't know. know. They're How are they
0: going to know? That's what I
1: mean. If something going to happen yeah, they don't yeah. know. Oh. oh. Well,
0: well that's so they about should about go, about. go to the MIPRA periodically just in case. Or, or go go, uh, go, to get the red heifer, burn it up and sprinkle <laughs> it on. <laughs> that's what they're
1: Got yeah, to yeah. Gotta go they through they the know. process. No, yeah.
0: I'm serious. It's a reality. You have to no tell me, you tummy. tell me.
2: If no, there are places, we, what if somebody buries somebody in the
1: middle of the street? And what about? What yeah, about? They, what about didn't, they didn't have the place about to bury them in, what about in Tucson, Arizona. What about the hospital? Okay. Yeah, yeah. What about the hospital? Oh. The I claimant can't you know. be a hospital. hospital. It can't be a hospital. Oh, oh, hospital. Right. The claimant. Oh, but what happens to somebody like he really loves or she or he? If yeah. some for certain people, he's allowed to become tummy. Certain people are allowed to become tummy. you try to have hospitals that they have a sign that it says. Yeah. You call him uh, allowed or call him uh, not allowed, yeah. so if you go and there's a sign, you are allowed or not.
2: But what about here? Ah. Well.
1: Same thing, the same, the coin oh,
0: really is, uh, like is not <laughs> yeah. supposed to
2: go.
1: That's
0: that's not a How far would it how many
2: feet away? it You
1: know, in New York, we don't know. That's fine. Yeah, Marnie, you're, you're right. This deserves a separate discussion.
0: But that's not yeah. The coin is not allowed to, the coin is not allowed, yeah. That's they a they big say, issue for oh, Kahana. So for so re- relatives, died before right? So That's That's no. Okay. So okay. the Mishnah says. Oh, the Mishnah says. The Mishnah says. What happens if you collected money? What happens if you collected money for a deceased and there was money left over? So what Why should you do? The paper? What? You buy the paper? So only one opinion in the Mishnah. I don't have the Mishnah in front of me at the moment, but only one opinion. Rav says you should buy a Mateva. Rav Meir says. You should put the uh, you should put the money away, you should put the money away until Eliyah lion navi comes okay. and the and the time come and the first time says that you should do something else with the money, right? Which so this is what he says. America,
1: this no, is what the mission says. No.
0: Build the matzeh, right? The mission says Very good. Okay. Mission is build the matzeh. So it says the Ramosha Moshe. Uh, apparently, in the name of the Kesef Mishnah, it says Ramosha Moshe. In the name of the Kesef Mishnah, that's what he seems to intend. The Kesef Mishnah that the Rambam holds like this opinion, he holds like Rav that says that if there's money left over, you should build a matzavah. So, so Rav Nelson is talking in a case where you had a poor person who died, mm-hmm. right, and, and he didn't have enough money. So we, we went and we collected money for him. Right. So there are things like more important, like the, the plot, or the, the tachrich and whatever, right, things more important. So if you have money left over, you should build a matzavah. But if you don't have money left over, then you can't build a matzevah, right? That's the last on the list. Now what with nothing hold if there is enough money? What should you do then? If there is enough money, if not a poor person has enough money, what should you do? Okay. So the, the Moshe says, if when you have enough money, of course you have to build a saver. right? right? That, so he, the Rambam holds like this, like this, like this opinion. However, the Shulchan holds not like this opinion. The Shulchan the code of law, holds like the first opinion that says you should do something else with the money, and therefore he doesn't quote anywhere in the code of law that you have to build a maser. Therefore, he doesn't require it. That's the dispute says Ramosha between says Ramosha, between the uh, the, the the Rambam and the Shulchan Now, interestingly, what? So that it can't be uh, the rest. What? Well, maybe we can talk about a situation where you don't need a T on. Uh, it's, not, it's not the that right perspective. Right, you don't know. Right, fine. But I, I hear it. Right, okay. I'm just saying it's not a proof. Now, interestingly enough, okay, the, uh, in the code of law itself, the Shokunarach says in 356, right, in Yorodea, <coughs> he quotes this, this, this mission as a law, and he says, like the first opinion, if you have extra money that you collected for the deceased, you should give it to the relatives. That is you, mm-hmm. Right? The Ramam doesn't hold this way. However, here in the Peschei they bring a, a responder of the Radvaz. And he was asked like this. They collected money. The, the case was as follows. The Gabai, the person who is in charge of the collection, of the collecting the money, collected money. Right? He collected the money. And he collected the money. There was money left over. So the Gabai wanted to build the Matzeva for the deceased. However, the deceased had a relative, who inherited the money. So he said, he said, I don't want to build on my table. I want to take the money for myself.
2: But the money was specifically <laughs> for <laughs> what? the needs of the deceased. Who made the Gabbai the Gabbai here? He wants to go the there, i want the money for myself. But the money was collected specifically for the needs of the deceased. Right, the needs of the deceased. So and why do you well, say that? No, the, 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 the opinion
0: holds. The, the first opinion in the Mishnah holds that if you collected the money for the deceased and there was left over, the, the, the inheritors inherit the money. What happens if you, you built the matheva and there was extra money? What do you do with the extra money? You give then it to then you give it to the okay. So, But, but, but well, guy, this guy well, said, this guy said, I don't have to build the Masevah. There's no mystery to build the Masevah, I want the money. I don't want the Masevah to be built. Okay? That's what he said. So Radha, what did the Radra's rule? What?
1: But th- I, I would imagine he would be punished
0: with some sort of Oh no! So I'm the thing the the relatives said like this. The relatives came like this. He said, "Why why why am I saying this? Right? That's it's not right." So he said, "The reason why I'm saying this is because there are plenty of other plots. There are plenty of other plots in the grave in in in, in, the, in the basement of the that don't have a matzeva. So why should my father or whatever be different? Right? he doesn't, he, he, he doesn't have." He all, it's not like it's embarrassing to him because there's other what people that have my table. even more of a
2: mitzvah miss- to,
1: to put up a mitzvah. Miss- yeah. uh, the, ones the, ones the don't
0: it, have is We is are right. this is what he claims. So what was the ruling? What was the ruling? The ruling. The said that he's right. The rabban said that he's right. He does not have to build a mitzvah. Why? Because the code of law never quotes it. It's not a mitzvah. He doesn't have to build a mitzvah. However, says the rabban, if everybody else has a mitzvah, he has no and Ramosha? If everybody else is a table, he has no rights. He has to build a table. also. Why? Because then it's a lack of cover. It's not an honor to it's a disgrace to the mace. Not to build a matzah, when everybody else has a matzah, too.
2: But conversely, it would be more recovered if he if he had a matzah, especially since the other one he didn't.
0: Because then then it would be. That's well. not what the rabbi said. The rabbi said if the, if the normal if the normal the said if the normal is that people some people don't have a matzah, so it's not about not to have a matzah. Okay. So the guy's starving, right? So listen, I, he ran out okay. of potatoes. Okay. What do you want from him? Okay. Okay. It's, it's not like he's living in Phoenix, okay. Arizona, in two thousand seven. He's uh, he's okay. living in uh, whatever it is.
1: in he doesn't have the money because he would have given the money in the first place. What? Yeah. Not necessarily. Yeah. Oh, he probably yeah. didn't have the money Oh, in the first
2: oh look, he's mm, such mm, an mm, honest mm, guy.
0: He doesn't have yeah, No, he didn't have any money. He wants the, no, money. He he the money. money. That's when people start arguing <laughs> about money. Yeah, uh, and there no, is no who money. People don't, don't the want the pay money. Money. <laughs> <laughs> to pay their
1: own money for something. Oh, well, we're just saying in this case. No, God willing, that's the case. That's the case. Okay, very nice.
0: Okay, so now, if that's the case, from here we see another thing. We see here that there is an the the one of the reasons to put up a my is to honor the deceased. Right? So, therefore, a son, a son, for example, or a daughter, or whatever, right? Says the Gesher Achayim, they are obligated to put up a matzayvah for their father or mother, if the minute is, if the custom is everybody has a matzayvah. If everybody in the base of chorus, in the burial place, have a mateva, so then the son at the point He can't say, I'm not going to put up a mateva because his no, Torah doesn't say it. Right? That's because it's going to be a disgrace. So now, says the Gesher Achayim, what happens if the, uh, the, the relative dies and doesn't leave any money over. The father dies. He left no money. So now, the son says, I don't want to pay. If you would have left me money, I pay. But now, I don't have money, so I, I don't want to pay. I, I can't afford it. So expensive. Right? So does he have to build a matzeva if everybody else has matzevas? That's the, uh, that's the question. So, so he says something very interesting. He says that the Gemara in Kedushin discusses that, right? We all know, of course, that it's a mitzvah, as it says in Parshas Yisro, and in Parshas Vaischanan, it is a mitzvah to honor one's parents, Kabaretz avicha, Viasi right, it also says in Parshas Kedoshim, each imobar to grow a person has to respect their parents, right, that's what, the, the, we know that, uh, there's a mitzvah to honor one's parents, one of the Ten Commandments, to honor your parents. So the, the, the Gemara asks, is it from, who has to pay for this honor? The children, or the parents? That's the Gemara's question, right? So, the, the, the mother says, well, get me a Starbucks coffee. <coughs> I want the zente uh, chai latte or whatever. I'm not testing you for this, uh, for <laughs> what? With, 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 whipped with whipped cream, up. right? So the, son, so, the son says, I'll get it without the whipped cream, I just you need to pay an extra 30 cents for the, for the extra shot of the, uh, the right? So, 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 the question is, who has to pay? Who has to pay? Does the son have to pay, the, 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 the daughter, or the parents? Who pays for the honor, right? So, so
2: huh?
0: It depends, depends on you know. yes, it, depends. it
2: depends how much you have to spend. So no, it depends on how much respect
1: you have. How
0: much respect but you but have. It also depends on who has the money. Like if the child really doesn't have the money, then So so... Oh. Okay, don't give don't give away all my uh, all my cards you know, uh, uh, uh Bela. They, yes, yeah. Okay, this is the second time. <laughs> so that's
1: what going to ask. So, so you we're happier last week. <laughs>
0: No, no, I'm happy this week, also I'm more happy. The, the, on page 32 in Tractate Kedushin, the Gemara says very simply that the Rabbonan told Rabbi Yermiah, and some say to the son of Rabbi Yermiah, that we go, the, the law is according to the opinion that says that the parents have to pay. The parents have to pay for the honor. Uh, right, the parents have to pay for the honor. That's what the Gemara's conclusion is. So, just as, you know, every time. Every time I say this Gemara, and a lot of people say this Gemara, they say the story with the Reb Chaim of Brisker, and we have to say the story here too, just to emphasize the point that, uh, um, that, that, that this does not, uh, not give the children an excuse not to honor their parents. Uh, one, one time, one of the yeshiva students came to Reb Chaim of Brisker, and he said to him, uh, my parents want me to come for Pesach, they want me to come visit them, they live on the other side of the whatever mountains, right, so, uh, and the ticket costs money, and uh, my parents, my parents said they don't want to pay, right, but the Gemara says in Kiddushin that the parents have to pay, so Reb Chaim said to him, so walk, you don't <laughs> have to take the train. You have to take the train. Who said you have to do it? Right, so, so, whatever. The alocha is that the parents have to pay.
1: <laughs> but it, it's
0: not an excuse for the children not to honor their parents. Yeah?
1: Why is
2: yeah. it the opposite?
0: Why is the the, the, the the children are more wealthy than oh, the parents? So, Manuel Basra Babam Shmuel and Bela mm-hmm. are, uh, are quoting the posters for us before we have a chance to say it. Tosos says that the Gemara implies that this is the halacha, and this is what the, the Shi'otazavachai Gon Paschim, like this also, right? That this is the way it has to be. However, says Tosos, right? If the father doesn't have, and the son has, so then the son has to pay. If the father doesn't have, and the son has, the son has to pay. And this is quoted in halacha, in the Shulchan Arach, in Simon Mem in Yorodea 240, number 5. The Shulchan Aruch says that if the father doesn't have, and the son has, we force the son to cough up the money to pay to honor his father. Okay, that's the halacha. So now, says the Gesher Achayim, if this is the case, that the son has to pay when the father doesn't have, so in a case where the father dies, and the custom is that everybody has to have a matzavah, Right? And the son doesn't inherit anything, and he says, I don't want to pay, because I don't have. And the halacha says, you're going to tell me that I have to honor my father, and the halacha says that you have to honor your parents, but the Gemara also says that the parents have to pay, since my father didn't pay, I'm not going to put up the my Mm -hmm. Says the Gesher rachaim he can't claim that. Because now, since he didn't inherit anything from his father, that means the father doesn't have, and the son has. And so therefore, since the son has, the arachah is, the son has to pay. And therefore, the son has to pay for the matzahevah. Okay? Does that make sense? Sure. So what,
2: what about the, the,
1: the, the other parents? <coughs> which parent? The living parent.
0: Oh, the living parent. So, yeah, so there's an obligation. The, um, I don't know, the, the poor here quotes the Shalos of Jesus Arash, which I couldn't find. Uh, who says that the uh, the uh, uh, a husband? I'm, I don't know if it's the other way around. I mean, his word that a husband is obligated to place a mateva for his wife, right? And even if this is not the custom of the family, if this is the uh, custom of all the families, then he's obligated. So a spouse, it seems to be that a spouse has an obligation to honor their spouse by putting up a mateva. even if they don't even if they don't want to pay, they have to pay, they have to put it on. That's what it sounds like from this uh, from this responder of the Rashba. You
2: know, there are places <coughs> that, <coughs> uh, that do not allow anything way off the ground. You mm-hmm. know, like where my, my husband's aunt is, and uncle are very. They don't allow anything high. It has to be very low. So then, it's everybody's the same over there. So then, it's not a lack of cover if if you did the same thing, right?
0: Uh, right. The, right, the lack of cover is, this is, like, this is like, uh, like high school, if you're different than everybody else. If you're different than everybody else, it's a lack of COVID. If everybody's the same, everybody's the same, you know, everybody, I was just in San Francisco. Everybody lives in the same million-dollar ho- house that's four by four. There's no lack of, right, everybody's mukhubed there in their little matchbox on the hill, you know what I mean, that they pay $20 million for. it's it's a covet, there's no no less covet or more covet, everybody's the same, that's the way it is, okay, we have one last point, and we're done, and this point we don't have so much time for, so we're just going to say it quickly, the uh, Rabbam continues, and the Mishnah also continues, and says, that for the righteous people, why don't you not put up a a, a Matzeva, why don't you not put up a Matzeva, because their words are their memory, the Mateva is the memory, but their words are their memories. So therefore, you don't need to remember them by the Mateva. you can remember them by their words, by the Torah that they taught, the example that they gave, etc. Right? So the uh, so all the commentaries ask, all the commentaries ask, what are you talking about? We find, look at Yaakov put up a Mateva for Rachel, right? You see all the tzaddikim, all the righteous, all the rabbis, so they all have their Matevas. So how do you, how do you put up? How do you how, the, how, how do we reconcile that with an explicit Rambam and, and Mishnah that say you should not put up? So the answer basically is given by the Geshe high by the Moshe Feinstein. The answer that is given is, is that, is that one is not allowed to go overboard when it comes to the righteous. Because for the righteous, it's good enough to put simple, like Rabbi Akiva Eger put, Paul here is buried, uh, 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 right uh, Rabbi Akiva Eger. The here is buried the, 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 this person, the person didn't need an elaborate Masiva uh, uh, that says all kinds of uh, uh, praises and, 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 and things in order to make sure that their memory goes on. Because their words, their teachings, their example is, is, is in the memory of everybody else that, 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 that continues on. For those people who, are, who are unfortunately, did not accomplish so, so for them, you can go a little extra in, in putting up the Matzeva so that the people can read it and, and honor them in this way and, and see that they are, some of the things that they accomplished.
2: Hopefully exactly. not a bowling ball, you saved a on top of the Mateva, yeah. That's the most shocking thing <coughs> I've said all evening. Because mm-hmm. how does anybody know whether they did this plain Mateva because they're cheap? Because they, you know, you pay by the letter, you know. Oh, do you, Baruch Hashem? Oh, yeah. I don't
0: know. Baruch Hashem, I don't know. Well, so
1: some people
0: uh, need a double uh, wife. Yeah, a well, double white. <laughs> <Some> <laughs> of the, These are some of the things that I wanted to share yeah. with everybody this evening. Uh-huh. Have a good Shabbos.